Uh, greetings from London. This is Mariam Sharif and welcome to the Star Moguls podcast. Today I have a really special guest for you. She's a mogul of money and I love female entrepreneurship. I've been watching her over the last few years and she has really transformed. So I, um, with great honor and privilege, I like to introduce you to Heather Mann and she is the CEO and founder of Fortune Academy. Welcome. Thank you, Mariam. That's a beautiful introduction and yeah, I'm very excited to actually talk about female empowerment. It's my most favorite topic in the world. So cannot wait for your incredible questions. I love, well, you know, the last few years, uh, Bitcoin, blockchain, you know, these words have been flying around and I'm a curious person. I, I'm, you know, I'm a teacher uh, as my profession background and I love, uh, I love education. That is kind of my backbone. And I was like, what are these words? What's going on? I've never really known about trading. So when I saw your, uh, you know, you on YouTube, I think I kind of flicked on, on one of the, the adverts and I saw you and I was like, hey, this girl is amazing. She's a, she's a leader. You're definitely a pioneer in your field. How did you get into this? Because you don't see many traders that are female. So you're, I think you're the first female trader uh, and educator. Is that correct? In the world, yes. And yes. that is exactly why I did it. And you are right, because... I was introduced to this industry by accident by a male colleague, you know, and I just got on with it. I had a founder mentor in London uh, that taught me. So a hedge fund trader. But long story short, I went to this event in 2012 and it was a big conference, you know, like the big 7,000 room of people and every big speaker, Tony Robbins and all of these amazing men were talking. There was one female and I was very excited to see what she was going to say. And she was going to, but then her topic was just, how to dress for an interview. And I thought, obviously, there's more to women than just that, right? And I was a bit yeah. disappointed. And I was like, there are incredible females. They are so clever. They are better in business than some of the men I've met. And then the promoter said, stop complaining. I know you. You are very successful. You are a trader. And between you and the guy that was on stage talking about financial trading, I would pick you if I had to market you, you know, if I had to, like, if you were a speaker. I thought, Wonderful. Yeah, so that's what planted the seed. And that you know, I, long, I started the, the education and public speaking journey in 2013. And yeah. it was a big shift because I thought I want to be exactly what's missing for women because I felt so intimidated by this world. Um, I, I'm very used to a male dominant world, but I wanted to see more women and they're very poorly represented. In this yeah, and, and you've just touched on, so it, it is a male dominated. And I think that's why you are so prominent. You know, I think there, you know, in the last few years, for sure, either, that I, I've actually seen, you, you know, be much more, you know, confidently in your, you know, you're, you're much more known and, and, you know, well, you know, well presented as well. And you're just, you, you know, I, I feel that there's nobody else that is like you, because uh, if you look at the industry, it's all males. And we do have, a, when it comes to coaching, when it comes to anything like public speaking, we have a lack of women in any industry. So for you to, what I love about your, um, uh, your academy is, you say some, your kind of ethos is mindset over money. I find that absolutely incredible that it is a mindset game, isn't it? 100%. I mean, I feel that money is the easiest thing in the world that we can make, but it's the mindset around life and money itself that is the difficult part you know like once we get over those hurdles then it's also easy and it's and it's exactly that that's why i speak on for a social media i post and i'm active on you know i'm trying to get the message across and i'm so glad that it's reaching people and women yeah. 
particular are getting more interested and this is I am um, I have to tell you something so I actually I was you know because I'm curious and I always want to learn so I actually did a little I, you know whilst transitioning from Dubai to London I decided to learn a little bit about trading and what it's all involved I must tell you I learned a lot about my own relationship with money the first time I put a trade on my heart just sank and I was like boom 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 and I was like oh my god why am I feeling like this and like you know and I guess I was in that kind of a little bit of a unstable and turbulent situation at that time but it really triggered something in me and I realized that we have we all have a relationship with money yeah we all have a uh you know this kind of uh you know we all have associations and yes. for me that i think that what i also love about your your academy is that you really focus on that first because that is isn't that the first step to to trading 100% and every time i get so anyone who joins our let's say lifetime education we're the first lifetime education providers in the world and Brilliant. it's so important because you know life it takes a while to get a master at this craft but yes. when we interview so when my team interviews people to come on we very much check that they've got the right mindset to even be coachable. Oh yes, yes. If they think, oh no, we just want the strategies. That's all I need. I don't need anything else. I'm just give me the the magic formula, and they, I will be a millionaire. That is not what how it works. It's it's literally. It's not, it's not easy as that. It's not, is it? It's fifteen percent is strategy. The rest is mindset. You know. Yeah. That's, that's a big percentage, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think kind of cultivating that mindset takes time. Like you said, you know, on the surface, you look at it and, you know, I thought that because I'm quite visual, so I can read a graph and I can read the patterns. But yeah. when it when it comes down to it, there's so much research, research and strategy. Um, you know, you're always having to look at the news and, and see and kind of analyze data from you know all directions. It's not as, as easy as everybody says it is because I've seen this real kind of uh, invasion of a lot of people doing trading and we can teach you trading and we can you know make you into a millionaire but I think it takes a long time yeah. um you know how how did you start off this is what I want to know how okay. does oh, how does a girl you caught me from Coventry right yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm from Birmingham so we're Midland girls um so I want to know how does somebody from you know uh South Asian yeah you're from from Coventry get to where you are what what triggered you in your mind at that point where you thought you know I'm gonna do something and I'm gonna do trading what like what was I that what, what happened in that instant that's what I love to know it happened a long time before that. It happened when I was nine years old and I grew up in uh, an environment, actually nine years old was when I moved to Coventry. I was born oh, in, right. I was born in East Africa. You know, the British Asians, Indians came to Africa with the British. Right. So um, third generation of that, you know, and yeah. when I grew up, I never saw any female role models. I saw my parents argue about money and it was very much like the men make the money. The women are just like subservient, you know, the culture, right? Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's a problem for me. And I was one of three girls. So we had no brothers and I had to be the, the I was actually handpicked to be the, I was a natural tomboy. So yeah. I knew that if anyone's going to help my parents, it's going to be me. Like if anyone's going to solve this, I was very determined from a young age. Yeah. And so I knew at the age of nine, I have to be filthy rich. Like I had no idea how, because I wanted to buy my parents' houses and cars and just make them stop arguing about money. And oh, Coventry, that's sweet. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, Coventry is actually a perfect place for this kind of mindset to develop because 
is not the most, I grew up in the most like lowest affluent areas and like no money, you know? So everything around me was just not looking very inspiring. Do you think that makes, I have to interrupt you. Do you think that makes you work harder? Yes, when you for me, out? 100%, because well, I was, I was quite sheltered. I had good parenting in the sense that my parents didn't just let me go off on without direction. They were yeah. very, it was working in both ways, but effectively, I was sort of sheltered and my freedom came from knowing that one day I will have my own money, my own business, job, whatever, you know, and that was what I was looking forward to. So my whole childhood was get education and I thought that would make me rich. It yeah. is very good. I love education. I got, you know, very good grades. What did you study at, at uh, college, I university? Went, yeah, I went to, uh, so I went, I got a scholarship into a, a private school. So an independent school in Coventry. So I went to one of the best schools there and that was good. Um, and I aced everything. And then I went to Cardiff University for optometry. So I went to, I got into every optician uh, universities yeah. that were offering that. And I just wanted to get rich quick to make money. That's the bad option. I got yeah. bored of that industry very quick because I realized that I don't think I'm going to be making millions being an optician. You right. Know? So you, can, you kind of worked that out straight away. Kind of within three months. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it was it's good that you, you actually took this, you know, you didn't kind of, uh, that that's a really good point because you made a decision. I think decisions are kind of destiny makers, aren't they? You know, but there's a power in decision-making. So for you to take that decision soon, and to act upon that, I mean, that changed your whole destiny, didn't it, really? And then what I actually did, and this is a hard transition for most people, because don't forget, there is a massive stigma attached, especially in my culture, from leaving a degree behind, like leaving a career, you know, like it's it's like the only thing you live for. So yeah. I didn't quit my career straight away. What I did is I went into networking events. And so my life started after 5.30. I went from, you know, after the commute from work, I would go to a property networking event in Birmingham, London, Manchester, you know, I never got home till about 11.30 or whatever. I learned how to negotiate property deals. I started my first wave of wealth there and I did really well. And only when I had enough money in the bank that made me feel so secure, I left the career as an optician. It was fairly quick, but yeah. I, you know, it was, a that was probably the hardest decision, leaving the yeah. optician degree. And like, I actually rang up the optician you know this kind of council general optical council and yeah. said take my register off like take me off the register i can never practice unless i redo the exams and that, that was that's a that's a big move because that that's that's removing your kind of safety net isn't it yeah. there's no going back now yeah and i think the safety net is very very bad because that actually doesn't make you committed to your journey you've kind of got one leg here one leg there absolutely you like, absolutely you should only have plan a and that's it and i think that's the scariest thing hence is mindset right so yeah. not many people can just say right i'm going to quit the career i'm going to quit my whole education and my degree and just go full, full into this and if this fails i will start from scratch that's yeah. a big decision if you can do that anyone can do that if, if, if anyone can have the guts to do that 100% you're going to be successful. Most yeah. people, I've seen people try and keep both, you know, like I've seen lawyers keep a law degree. I've seen other opticians of mine that, friends of mine that tried a new business, but they kept their, their couple of yeah. days here and they never made it. They never, never made it. Yeah, I think, I, and I'm, I'm like you as well. I think that it's going to be all or nothing. I yeah. really, really think that if you're really passionate and if you are going to give it your 200%, you should really 
dive into it and deep, you know, not just dabble. I think diving deep and dabbling is completely different. So I think yeah. that's a difference, isn't it? Completely. The key thing for your viewers to watch and or hear is um, your audience needs to know this. That is not on the first day you quit. You've qu yep. I quit. I quit after I had enough money in the bank, but the in between, so that transition period was hell. Yeah. No sleep, like very little sleep, um, 18 hour days at least. You know, my life started after the job and, and you were multi, you're typically running two careers in one life. Yeah, so that, that's that's the time where you kind of put your, you know, your, your full uh, energy and effort in because you're really kind of doing your research and, and kind of creating that new foundation. Yes, absolutely. And I forgot to mention just the bit whether, uh, how did I get into trading? So actually it was by accident. So you probably remember 2008 and the crash, the mortgage crash and et cetera. So my life was all properties. And the good thing is because I bought all my properties cheap, they all survived. They survived the crash. I survived the right. crash, had money in the bank. But one thing I couldn't do was buy more properties because for eight months, the whole industry was on a standstill. So right. it was actually my mortgage broker in Coventry that was struggling because you know they make money from mortgages. And he was the one who said, he actually was on a computer one day and I walked into the office, just me and him in the office. And he was on these charts and I was like, what is this? And actually the only thing that excited me was he was making money on a laptop and it looked like I could be doing this in my pajamas. I was like, this is easy. Like, why yeah. should I speak to tenants and builders? I can just do this. Like it, the lifestyle sold me. Obviously I was a bit naive thinking it would be easy, but that was what got me into it. How does yeah. one female uh, and being you know south asian as well kind of how do you deal with a male dominated world you know when you step in to a conference or a room you know how do you make it your own and kind of own the room because it, you know that must be quite difficult and was it difficult in the start and i okay so i guess it would be if i was a typical girly female i grew up as a tomboy so if you knew me when i was a teenager i had my most of my friends were boys um, at university, my only friends were guys, only friends. Right. I couldn't really get on with the women because I found them a bit weak, like mentally. And I used to do martial arts uh, for 17 years. Oh, that's, so, that's great strength. There's that mindset there, isn't it? Yeah, Completely. yeah. yeah. I used to spar with you, the guys. You literally trained your body and your mind because that yeah. discipline that one gets from martial arts is, yeah. I would actually attribute all of my mental success to martial arts, all mm. of it. My niece yeah. and nephew have just become uh, black belts. So yeah, they would <laughs> so, and, and yeah, and I, and I see that. I see that focus and that discipline and that, you know, where they were and now where I see them, you know, very- It is intimidating if, um, I mean, initially, like I'm used to the men cycle. Like I, yeah. I can walk into a boardroom and own it. But one thing that is always difficult is, you know, when they compare, okay. I mean, that's why I scratch for so much. I mean, they are- Everyone I speak to right now is a billionaire. Everyone I speak to, maybe they're 800 million net worth, you know, business connections, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the lowest level will be $800 million and the rest are all billionaires. And these are the people I personally do business with. So it can be, I mean, I'm always surrounded by people that are better than me. I'm not a billionaire yet. I want to be, and I will be if I keep pushing, you know, but how do you create strength and confidence in yourself? Point is, yes, it's scary. It is scary. And I constantly... I almost doubt myself at times. And I have, the reason I stop uh, doubting myself is I've got a very, very good life partner. Like I, he will forever just say, look, you need someone to just remind you that you're actually doing okay. Um, yeah. Because I've got imposter syndrome. 
And mm -hmm. it, I use it in a positive way. I use it to drive me. It's almost like yes. I've got a chip on my shoulder, you know? Like and, fuels you, yes? Yeah, yeah. yes. I'll be honest, I never feel like I've made it and I've never feel like, yeah, I'm really confident. Uh, I am confident in my abilities, but I always feel like I'm a student because, yeah. You know, and mean, one must, yeah, and one must, because I think we, that, that when you become, you know, kind of comfortable and that's when you kind of stop striving, you've got to be a little bit uncomfortable also, you know, yeah. uh, and you mentioned, is it George? Um, I was, yes. I was actually looking at your Instagram yesterday and Marshall, a beautiful couple. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, I love, I love the fact that, because does he work with you in your, he works with you in your company? I actually asked him to be part of my marketing team because I'm useless yeah. online marketing and he's like, he was when I met him, he had online businesses and he was doing loads of like stuff online. I was useless. Like he's the one who pushes me out there and says, I love this, Heather, that, you know, because uh, I, I love the fact and I think it should be much more encouraged. I think it's a great formula where you can have your partner, husband, whoever be in your business, you know, yeah. working together. I just think it just the unity of it all. And then the I just think there's such excitement when you kind of, I always say this, like making babies and business together. It's like the, the best formula. Um, how do you deal with that combination though? You know, how do you, how does it work? What's, I mean, the, what's the advantage and disadvantage of it? I mean, there are definitely advantages. Uh, the advantages are that you can just, you know, you can both the work oh, he's so supportive so he will never ever tell me i'm working too much and i've had this in a previous relationship where i've been told you're too much you're greedy yeah. you're actually, you know you know and they kind of sabotage your success Absolutely. when you and, and their own insecurities i guess that's what it is isn't it yeah 100 percent. it's their own insecurities mm -hmm. and so i don't have that so that's a huge advantage and i i actually get pushed to do more by george one thing i don't uh, I, there are disadvantages the disadvantages probably crop up every three months like where it gets a bit you sometimes you, you it's natural like you when you're working together you sometimes forget that you were supposed to be in a relationship and also nurture that relationship and it becomes too much like business you know and um i don't like that at times it, it makes me feel like oh gosh i've kind of lost the balance sometimes you know so there is a moment every now and then where i just think oh damn i've been a bit too harsh here i need to pull back so yeah, one day every three months, I may lose the plot. And I'm being honest here. Like I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you shouldn't be working with me. Like I'm not pretending it's easy. It's hard sometimes. Yeah. It's really hard, you know. But uh, the good thing, and if this really tests a relationship, and I love our, and I'm very grateful for it because that hasn't been a problem. So even if he's, um, we've had a, like a dispute over work or whatever, like it's within a day we're back to normal you know or, or like within an hour or two yeah really. you've got to vent it out and then you're okay yeah. i'm just gonna fix my camera sorry heather just i don't know oh there it is i was feeling a bit fuzzy there <laughs> it's zoom technology you know um so yeah i was feeling a bit out of focus i love i absolutely love the fact that you know men should be much more supportive of women and you know i think there's such strength and unity uh but yeah you're you know you're human and you're a woman so i think you have to vent it you know you ha we have to vent it and and for us to kind of you know once otherwise you'll become a volcano and you're that, yeah. that destructive and actually you know one tip for women who actually maybe are in my position the reason i end up becoming crazy every three months once <laughs> every three months is because i have not looked after myself like i have yes. is always like i can see is my i've unbalanced my I, whole 
Yeah. Like I've overworked, I'm just overstressed. Like I haven't de-stressed, like meditated or whatever. Like it's I was just about to say, so you know, when you you when you get to that point, I've just posted something about balance on my Instagram. And you know, I think it's a everybody has their own, you know, uh, equation of uh, balance, but what do you do when you want some me time or self-care? What is it that you you do and kind of you know, how do you find that strength? My my favorite thing in the world is to read. As oh, can, wonderful. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so if I could, like, my perfect day would be um, in a beautiful environment. Hence, I have the sea next. I can see right out my window, the sea. Oh, wonderful. So this is my perfect life that I've created. And I had to really reverse engineer. And I wrote it down on paper once upon a time. And I wanted this. You Are know, you one for vision boards and um, yeah. manifestation? I'm totally. And doesn't, it, and doesn't it spook you out when you actually do something? It kind of freaks you out. Mm, yeah, it works. No, <laughs> but I mean, I believe in it now so much that yeah. I've done this journaling and visualization process since 2004. Everything I have achieved is because of the process. Like I, I teach it actually. I actually yeah. teach my um, business students this. So, you know, goal setting works and it's, yeah. if you do it the right way with neuroscience built in, if you do it with, um, you know, full on neuro, yeah, neuro-linguistic programming, and I use quantum physics to like neutralize any emotional baggage and it's huge. So it's a bit of work, yeah. but it works. It, Two it, things it, really. What are you reading at the moment? Oh gosh, I'm reading a book called Rocket Fuel and I'm oh. reading one on private equity. So the private equity one is not very exciting. I wouldn't recommend, it's a nighttime read. It's actually very much focused on my project. I'm doing a, um, it's called the Billionaire Project. I'm buying companies, taking them public. I may even look at private equity. So one of my books is, very financial uh the other one is actually on company structure because as a business owner uh it's called rocket fuel very good book right. who's it by oh gino where is it uh here so rocket fuel oh okay yeah it's actually a, i see like gino wickman and mark winters and i actually Rocket i actually fuel. feel like this was a, when i'm hiring because i'm constantly hiring staff and changing the dynamics yeah. of my businesses and this really gave me clarity. So I, I read what I need to read. And I read, I mean, I've even got my third book I'm reading right now is Oprah's book. I love Oprah. She's got Which a, one are you reading? Because she's got the second one, right? The second one. And it's, um, the, um, I've got it right in front of me. Is it, which one is it? Uh, what the I, path, what? The Path Made Clear. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. what I know for sure is the older book. Yeah. That, that's the first one, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And then this one is, it's a similar style is it's called the path made clear i love yeah. that something i always mix my reading up with something spiritual in the evening yeah. it's philosophical and then you know like the the business books i will read in the day because you don't want to read this and fall asleep like yeah. i don't know i don't find it that inspiring to read there's um, there's something about uh, what was i seeing the other day there's a uh, there was something that i was reading about emotional intelligence that you know and i and i actually discovered um emotional intelligence about a couple of years ago but i think there's a lot of focus on now our energy and how you know even money is energy and um how there's such a big importance of spirituality emotional intelligence rather than just intellectual um what would you say about that and has that influenced and have you have you put that into practice 100 i actually one of my books that i will be releasing i have three in a pipeline and oh wonderful yeah but the thing is i wrote the first book and it actually should be the second book so i had to rewrite i had to write a brand new one that was less heavy and like just a simple book and that's the first one that will come out and then the second one 
actually the second and third, but one of them is called money is a spiritual game. So right. my, my relationship with money is always been a spiritual game, like a journey. And I feel that I've said this in a few videos and, um, and sort of podcasts that one of the best things I ever heard in conversation with someone who's very spiritually enlightened was that money, when you make money, when you're co-creating with a higher force, that's when you're in a state of abundance. So my spiritual journey is actually my most important thing. Hence, I like reading philosophy and you know learning about life. Money is like the easiest thing. It's kind of like lower than life, you know? So it's like, I don't focus on the money. That's a guarantee. I yeah. focus on something way bigger than that. All so, I can say is hallelujah to that because that is so true. I think people are have this kind of attachment to money, yeah. you know, it, it's, and then I think when you, detach that from yourself uh you know and and kind of let kind of the forces and and your you know you that vibration flow yeah. and i think that makes such a difference so yeah i think people knock it and think it's a bit woo woo but i think that the more people are starting to understand the whole philosophy of it all i think that they're much more excited and, and you know big corporations are using spirituality you know I mean, in, there are so many words you can associate with this in like this part of life. And I think the most obvious one is intuition. When you guide yeah. with intuition, that's when you're connecting to a spiritual yourself, right? So you're centered in the right place. You're in alignment with what is really helping you become the right person. For mm -hmm. example, if you make money and you are becoming a miserable person because you're just forcing yourself to be something you're not, you know, just for money. That's when you're not going with your intuition. And that's where you know, anxiety comes in, depression, and people become, you know, addicts, and it affects their relationships, because everything will fall apart when you're not yeah. aligned, so I really believe that if you find that alignment first, and it comes from intuition, because I actually really- Have you done something in your career, or have you done something in a trade or in a business, where you went against your intuition, and you thought, nah, this doesn't feel right, but you did it anyway, and then you kind of- reaped the not the rewards i mean did you do something that was against your your you know yourself and your yeah, own what? only one time i i right. became um when i was the optician so i knew i didn't enjoy that i knew that i didn't want to do the nine to five i knew i never wanted to be I, I never worked for anyone i was a contractor but it still felt very that was my against intuition right like, that wasn't me that was my my uncles and the the cultural power mm. of saying you have to do a degree and this type of thing I wanted to be bigger than that you know and yeah. that was that made me very depressed I was very depressed when in my early yeah. 20s and so, I think your heart kind of your, I went with the heart so like I, I think everything the heart is telling you and you, you you have these signals and these signs and like a well process you have these little whispers that life life whispers into you and and you don't you choose to ignore it you know you, you choose to ignore it and then it gets bigger and it gets stronger and then it knocks you down you either you know do something very drastic or you know have a car crash like me you know and do something kind of drastic and then that's where you think oh god i gotta like listen to myself you know um but we have a actually i recently saw you well listen to you on clubhouse what do you think about clubhouse because me and you uh i have a shared person of interest and that is Naveen Jain um I heard his interview on Clubhouse recently how amazing is he oh yeah. my god I've got dream bigger I'm gonna cut that out and think bigger you know he was what an amazing soul yes very kind guy I, I was so um, I, I I didn't um, must admit um 
wasn't aware of him as much and then the more I researched but the interview itself did you did you listen to the interview yeah I mean he we had a I speak to him on zoom one-on-one quite often so he yeah. kind of helps me with my uh, my projects here and there and he gives me advice and I have a big like I actually asked him a big life question because he he forced me to go from I think I think big, but his conversation yeah. made me go like that, right? That, isn't it? I yeah. mean, his, his just uh, uh, perception of life is like, he just changes yeah. the, you yeah. know, your, 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 your eyesight literally, isn't it? He just kind of, he just makes you kind of, it is enormous. Think, think like Everest, you know, literally. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and that's, you know, and I'm very grateful. And that's a great gift, isn't it? For someone to kind of enable you to think like that, you know, yeah. only the great make you feel that you can do great as well. And that's why I think mentoring is so important. So, and what you're doing is so important as well because you're you're encouraging people, you're putting that seed in their mind to think bigger. And that's what I love at Fortune Academy. I think if I didn't have Fortune Academy, like I didn't need it, you know, I did it. I, I've got businesses, I've got wealth coming in from all angles, but. Yeah, and I yeah. always want to be recognized for business first and as a mentor second, because yeah. I, you know, I, I've, I've always seen myself, I, I'm trying to prove myself in the industry for females in business for like being recognized as a powerhouse in the female world. But um, if I didn't have that mentoring, I think I'd be very unfulfilled. Yeah. So that fortune Academy has really helped me. And how important is um, how important is mentoring? Because I uh, believe in mentoring like a hundred percent. And I kind of tell everybody, I said, you know what? You need a coach. You need a mentor. Yes. Um, I've worked in education for fifteen years, and I've had my own charity for mentoring called Mad Mentors, and I helped underprivileged children get into yeah. kind of creative industries. But how do you think mentoring has helped you or elevated your success? Hundred percent. I wouldn't have a clue where I was going in life had I not had. Well, even reading books was a first insight, then getting coaches and working one-to-one with coaches, working in group coaches. Like I recommend it to the world. I still spend so much money on mentoring today. You know, yeah. uh, Naveen and people like that are my friends. I think when you hit the billionaire network, you can't pay them because they don't do mentoring. Right? No. <laughs> I, mean, I want to one day be able to be a billionaire and still mentor. It will cost a lot and more. I want you to be like one of the female, you know, the females that kind of help other entrepreneurs because yeah. we need it. And I, I always say that I, I'm a big, uh, you know, I, I encourage everybody to have their own businesses and, and start something that you believe in and that you kind of created besides your, your, your babies, but, you know, do something for yourself as well as being, you know, a mother or, you know, the wife and then the traditional things that we are set in our culture and our religion to do. Yeah. Um, so it's to kind of get out that mindset and actually do something for yourself, because I think it also makes a happy marriage or a happy union, any partnership that once you're happy and your husband's happy, then you you have a happy marriage because you're both satisfied. Yeah. I mean, if I didn't, it's, it's kind of like your it's your therapy. If you don't have that mentoring, I mean, if I wasn't a mentor and didn't have my own life in that world helping others I think I would miss a major part and I think it would show up in other areas like you're feeling a void and and pulling it from other areas whereas being a mentor really helps fill so many voids and I love it so I, I recommend everyone tries to do it if they've got something to share that's what's valid. the biggest lesson that you've learned from 2020 and having this kind of big change that we've had in life and you know I, I I said to my podcast audience that you know in 2020 we will discuss finance and um health and it so happened that COVID, those are the two subjects that were very popular. 
but how what have you learned from 2020 that you would like um you know that that uh, you know the lessons that you learned really from 2020 a crisis is such a huge opportunity and i feel like own this is why the wealthier get you know rich get richer because they know how to deal with a crisis like i literally made the most money i've ever made every year last year in all my businesses nothing we everything went higher like exponential growth and if you look at the news and stick to what everyone else is hearing it could sound so depressing life is over but it's yeah. adaptation and knowing how to pivot i actually thrive I think I classify myself as an underdog and this is the type of moments that make me come to life. So I love that, you know, I, I absolutely love challenge. Um, so I think all successful entrepreneurs in life can deal with challenge really well. That's what separates the men from the boys, the ladies from the girls, you know? So I, I feel like it was a great year and crisis is good. Yeah, and I think there's, like you said, there's an opportunity in everything, isn't it? And it's a, it's actually up to you to see it and actually up to you to create it as well, not it's for you to just, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it challenges you and it makes, you know, some people will get fearful and they you've got to face fears, which I love. And yeah. that's how we grow. And that's why I kind of keep pushing because I need to feel that fear. You know, I love that. I love that feeling. Of, but what uh, do you do when you have a difficulty or a real big challenge? How does one deal with it? How do you, like, you know, you've had it, you've, you know what what if you if you're faced with a challenge other than covid what is it that you what do, what what happens in your mind what do you do physically how, how do you deal with it i'm very um so my i'm like i need to be in open nature so i would spend right. that's why i live in a where i live is stunning and it's just nature and mountains and sea and whatever so i can't be in a city so if i was that's why if i live still in the area let's say if i grew up in I would struggle, I would be depressed because I need to yeah. be grounded by nature. And I think my answers come from guiding with my intuition. So I'm very, I'm very in tune with intuition and the answers come from there. So it's like you said, the whispers, you know, and I know Oprah mentions this in the book. Yeah. Um, it is so powerful. So I actually know the answers are already there. It's just, I have to quieten my mind and stop getting sucked into all the the, the craziness that's man-made and there's always something higher that I connect to you know and it's what guides me it's literally like I don't feel I'm losing anything plus I haven't got any detached I'm completely detached from wealth you know I'm, I'm okay with not having money and whatever because I know I can make it like money doesn't control so if you me. lost all your wealth and you you know uh you had to start all over again what advice would you give yourself it's actually easier it's yeah. easier when you have nothing, you have nothing to lose. Yeah. It's actually, it gets more scary the wealthier you get because yeah. and that's yeah. why I- And maintaining your wealth. Yeah, I remember having a conversation and someone said to me that making it is okay, but keeping it is another thing, you know? And it's just, I mean, actually making wealth uh, to a high level, you get vultures, you get people that become very jealous. Mm. And so I teach actually one of, so all of my business uh, students, I teach a massive protection. So how to not have things in your name, but control it. So that no matter what happened, you can get divorced, you can get litigation. Like I'm never going to lose my wealth, but I just, the challenges I'm talking about are more people become less trustworthy. And I have, my circle gets so small. It's, it is lonely when you get- I was going to say, so wealth, uh, wealth changes relationships. So, it, you know- Not my personal, because you've got no. to pick a very good one. But yes, yeah. with other people in business, yeah. they see yeah, you yeah. differently and friends and i mean have you kept any have you kept in touch with any of your circle yeah. of friends from college or university 
university in college i don't really connect with them because i was very different i didn't i was couldn't wait to leave so i don't really enjoy any of that relationship but university is where i came to life you know where i really understood independence my brain started working in a different way um and yeah my best friends are people that knew me excuse me i really classify the ones i trust them the most the ones who saw me before all of this and they still treat me the same you know and and they're still happy and you lose friends on the way, don't get me wrong, but I have a very good handful and I literally can count them on one hand that I call best friends. And I, I really like, I, I, it makes my day when I can just speak to them on WhatsApp or whatever. That's all I need, you know? I don't need tons of them. I need like a small handful. That's all I need. And the rest is you trust less people when you get wealthier because when you get new friends, you always think, are they really there for your- For you or, yeah. Or, the lifestyle you know so it's yeah. very difficult to make new friends when you're wealthy so I really cherish the old ones <laughs> yeah no absolutely it and and, and I guess it's, it with many changes people and I've seen it so many times so you know you have to be you have to safeguard yourself and can, that comes again by knowing thyself you know you have to understand who you are and then be able to kind of analyze and you know kind of assess at people along the way but I you know what I love your style I love the fact that you can remain glamorous and uh, and just just you know I, when I think of you I think just glamorous you know I think you've got the best you've got the most fabulous cheekbones in finance <laughs> if I'm going to give you a title that is what I would give you and so who inspires you with style and because I love the fact that you haven't gone corporate and like you know you you you've, re- you've remained with your feminine energy you know and I love the fact that that is a quality that I love about women I don't like women when they go corporate and that's what I do you know I style women who who kind of lose that femininity and I when I see you and I think this is a woman that knows who she is she's standing in her truth she she has her own values and she looks the business does the style affect uh, or image affect your audience 100% I actually made a very very intentional um approach to my image I always okay so let's just go I mean you're gonna know this anyway but when we look at social media the women that have got all the fame have sometimes got it just because they are very glam for the wrong reasons or just doing it to attract attention you know and they kind of make and I'm a feminist at core so when I see women that just abuse themselves or like not I'm not telling them not to do this but I'm just saying that when I see women half naked, for example, and getting all the, the the fame on Instagram or social media because they're just in a bikini, let's say. Yeah. Like, and they do nothing else other than do that. They're famous for that. Yeah. And it's like, what? there's more to women. So yeah. There's going to be more skill. There's, there's more to a woman than that, yeah? yeah? But yeah. when you look at Margaret Thatcher and you see, yeah, she's the first female prime minister, yeah. you don't, you, it's kind of like not glamorous enough for women to aspire to. So they think, yeah, it's great, but... I don't know if I want to be her. The natural affinity is to look nice and glamorous. And so it I, isn't, Heather, though. You know, it's it's one's duty to also look pre- presentable and, and you know, and look after yourself. Absolutely. It's, self, it's part of self-care, isn't it? And I just wanted to make women, young women in particular, see that you can be good-looking, glamorous, and wealthy and independent. Like, that yeah. was very intentional, and I want to represent that as best I can. I don't, uh, my, I'm very just classical in my, I'm not actually like a fashion guru, right? Some of your, your style will be far more quirky than I would even, I'm just like, 
the straightforward and I and I was just saying that in the beginning of the interview that I was actually going to wear like a black polo neck which would have resembled your style and I was like I'm <laughs> you know so yeah I, you, you do have a, a unique style and I love the fact that you are just crushing it with your style and your business um who is your inspiration anybody that you your 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 you like as in uh, inspired by as by in what category oh actually yes I can actually Style and business actually both yes yeah. And I'm sure everybody will know this. It's, you know what the shame is? It's a fake, it's a fictitious character. It's one on Netflix. It's on a series. It's Jessica Pearson. Do you know? Sue? Oh, yeah. yeah, yes, 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 yes. She is my muse. Like that is my goal in life because she was actually supposed to be played by a male role, um, by a male actor. Right. Her role and everything I see in that character is incredible. Like, I just think, yeah, that's who I want to be. She's in charge. She's super feminine, super glam, and yet is not bothered about what people are like. She can command the authority. Oh, and, yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, of course. Well, I, I think I, 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 well, in the same sense, I love um, uh, Viola Davis, like, you know, uh, How to Get Away with Murder. I watched that and I was like, she's the second Oprah for me. When I look at her, when I think, what would Viola do? What would she do? You know, in this situation, and you need, and I think you need fictitious or reality. You need someone that kind of give you that power Absolutely. and that kind of, you know, that zest or that kind of ambition. You know, that injection of ambition. Um, so that's that's wonderful. Anybody in business that you're that you admire and you look up to? In business, I love Ray Dalio. Uh, Ray Dalio is the one most respected financial guru in my eyes because his and I have all his books he's only got two or three there I mean like right. I've got every edition but um and they're very but one of them is called principles and that is my favorite book if there was one I would recommend anyone read and nothing else it would be that book because his understanding of spirituality and neuroscience is unbelievable I was quite taken back by how much he respects that and he's the biggest hedge fund in the on the planet at the time of when he wrote this and he is, yeah, I wish more people were like that. So he's very, very refreshing. And I respect anything he says. I'm always like wanting to learn from him. So he yeah. would probably be the only person I'd get really starstruck with if I met him. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. wonderful. I've Excellent. met so many celebrities and I don't even know who they are because I live in a cave. <laughs> so um, apart from obviously everyone knows who Cristiano Ronaldo is and I'm a football fan, but yeah. I don't get, I meet so many very a-list people and i don't even care because i don't know them i don't find but i get interested with people like that so i'm yeah. a bit weird but there you go that's, that's <laughs> amazing is there any advice that you'd like to leave our audience with who are looking to maybe uh on their new part you know it's been a it's been a difficult year for for some you know yeah. who haven't planned and i always think that you know in business and like in chess if i give you the analogies that you know you should always be ahead of of your game you know you should be you should always kind of know your next move yes. and um is there something that you would like to offer you know uh women actually who are wanting to start new businesses or wanted to get into trading uh and the and starting this kind of money movement what would you suggest to them well i mean this is exactly why i did fortune academy i mean i i would say follow someone and it could be me that is doing exactly that you know and yeah. it's going to inspire and me. how do we get in touch with you and and what are you are you planning to do something uh you know are you doing like uh courses and yeah, yeah. I, my best place for you to connect is instagram it's at hitherman i have got a, a verification on my account so you will find many 
uh, fake accounts of me. People love pretending they're me to do really? it. <laughs> yeah. Because this industry is very messy. You know, yeah. get, um, they, they just scam people for money because right. people will think they're talking to me. So you've got to be That's very not careful. vulnerable at all. Is yeah, it? How can you start off with the, you know, you have to be honest with yourself before, know. you know? This is what professional scammers do, right? So they oh, just, yeah. they pretend they're somebody else and, and it's a nightmare. So I'm so glad I've got the verification on Instagram. Okay, okay so, great. So we follow you on um, Instagram and Instagram. follow the link. Yeah. Yes, and I have training courses and lifetime courses on financial trading. I have mindset training. I have business coaching. So I have literally created in a, in a, in a mentorship program, all the areas I feel are complete building blocks to being successful as a female or as a male. I have both in my industry, um, in my academy, and it is everything. So everything you need from the bottom up. And I just want to encourage people not to be intimidated. Like I will guide you. I will show you the way. And I, you know, that's why I did it as a lifetime because no one else was willing to put that skin in the game. And I, as an academy, were the first to do that. And I said, well, everyone who comes through will get lifetime access to the mentorship. Like, that's a big statement. And I've had students. And that's an amazing, uh, you know, feeling to know that it's not just that you do the course, but you actually have somebody there afterwards. And then yeah. you can still kind of, you know, have that support. And that, which I think is the most important, isn't it? It's not just doing something. It's actually having that kind of aftercare as well. Yeah, and I really yeah. connect with my audience. Like I, I want to know how they're getting on. I really kind yeah. of, I, I spend a lot of time and energy on them. So that's I really enjoy it. So wonderful. I love that, and I can feel that from you when you talk about your students and you have excitement for them. Yeah. So anybody that is listening, we will uh, put all the details down uh, below. But are women better at trading than men? My best, yes, my best one is a female, and there's no. And why is that? Why do you think women um make better traders? She's more intuitive because it's such a spiritual journey. I actually believe that the more connected you are with your ego, your relationship with money, et cetera, she has learned how to, she's naturally a spiritual person. Yeah. Whereas men tend to struggle with that journey as much, like as good, you know, like the yeah. ego blocks them. Um, that's it, you know, like they, they get a block somewhere where they don't want to admit defeat or they don't want to admit like, oh, maybe yeah. I wasn't as good as I think, yeah. you know, whereas women have less of an ego and they can really have that feedback well. Yeah. And she was, she outperformed him. She's better than him. So, Wonderful. Wonderful. So I'm very proud of her, actually. She's going to be one of my student coaches because when I see someone do that well, I help them train my students as well. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. So inspiring. Brilliant. Yeah, but how wonderful to uh, finally speak with you. I, I've always thought that, you know, I will definitely interview and I was in transition from Dubai and, I, and I'm so glad that we had the opportunity to actually uh, speak with you and have an insight in your journey. Um, I'm actually, uh, one little cutie that I did see on your Instagram is uh, Coco the Warrior. He's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite. Oh my, my God, how cute and adorable is that little puppy oh my god adorable i was and coco the warrior i must say <laughs> he is a warrior he honestly is the most, and everyone's like he's a mummy's boy he is because he has learned from i don't know where he gets it from but he's fearless like literally oh he's amazing oh but he's, wow and you think that energy is kind of you can transport that like energy to your to coco I don't know, maybe, but he certainly grew up in a um, in a fearless environment for sure. Yeah, and he is 
he's like the best thing in the world. I encourage everyone to get a pet if they can and yeah. just give you unconditional love. And it's yeah. such a beautiful experience, but he's yeah. definitely the star of the show forever. So yeah, no, I absolutely adore the adore Coca. I just had to mention him at the end. I just thought he was just adorable. Everyone follow him, right? Everyone just and yes, he has his own. <laughs> Yeah, as an own account. And actually, I was looking at like something like 6,000, but actually, he's doing quite good. <laughs> yeah, we need to write, we need to post a bit more often, but yeah, that's mommy and daddy's fault. But we, yeah. we have to put more out there. He's yeah. every day is just so much fun with him. So, so yeah. cute, so adorable. Thank you so much for there. I really loved speaking with you. It was absolutely delightful to, to hear your journey. And I wish you all the best for the future, you know, and uh, whenever you're back in London and, you know, and I hope things kind of settle down and we kind of have some kind of normality where we can see humans again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, you can still see humans in Monaco. I had an event there, so. Yes, know, yes, just make us jealous. We're in lockdown here in London and everybody in Dubai is in freedom. And I was like, oh my gosh. So yeah, so it's quite, uh, uh, Monaco's quite uh, yeah, all COVID open, free. Yeah. All open. And uh, I've had events there, it's been okay, you know. But you're a very clever lady. I'm very impressed with you. And you're doing great. You know, this is exactly what people- I love, I love to inspire other women to have like the aha moments yeah. for them to actually feel that they can do it as well. And they see you and they'll be inspired by you. And I love empowering, you know, not just women, but obviously being a South Asian, being a woman. And I want to have more kind of pioneers leaders. And you are- a, absolute 100% style mogul for sure and I wish you so well in your journey and I look forward to future uh, you know to see where you have what where what where life takes you in the next five years 100% I'd love to say and when is your book out Heather oh my gosh you know what that's uh I should say a date I'd love to say it's going to be ready by um June let's just say June when everyone's happy hopefully lockdown's finished and we can have an yeah. actual in-person event but I want to be doing a um a book launch yes I would love to do one look so. forward to that look forward to that I but, yeah I've got plenty of work to do I always put the book as a last thing but I think it's essential so I'm going to try really hard to bring it out so thank, thank you thank you so much look forward to it and I uh, can't wait for for a, a read <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you. Take care. Goodbye.